Welcome to the Addiction Connection podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with the heart of addiction. I'm your host, Mark Shaw, and I am joined by a very good friend of mine, Dr. Tim Brown. Well, you're not doctor, but I like to call you Dr. Tim Brown. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there, there is a funny story behind that, but uh, I do appreciate you having me on today, Mark. I don't know if you remember um, you and I uh, when we flew out of Paris to Cairo, Egypt, and we were informed that uh, this guy was going to meet us at customs and whisk us through the airport in Cairo because we were both doctors. And and I and I told the guy, I said, well, you're right, halfway. Mark is a doctor, but I'm not. <laughs> and he, he said, well, we'll give you that status for about 10 minutes. <laughs> so I have been. <laughs> That's right. You were for about 10 minutes in Cairo. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Which everything in Cairo really should stay in Cairo. I mean, you have stories That's about me on that trip that probably should really stay in Cairo. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> and, we'll see. Well, they're not they're not bad story like morally no, bad, but they're, they're embarrassing. Things that the dumb things I say and do, you know, I'd rather that not yeah. be out there too much, but well, I know you, you've always got that on me if if you need it, you know, if you ever need it. That's anything. right. <laughs> that's my trump card. <laughs> that's right. Well, Tim yeah. is the executive director of His Steps Ministries and he's an elder in his church there in Woodstock, Georgia. And this is a man who has sacrificed, he and his wife, Kit, have really sacrificed, they've laid down their lives for the addicted persons in Georgia and really all over the country. And even, as you heard, in Cairo, I know he's been to, or planning to go to Albania, he's been to Romania, he's been uh, to Peru and other countries serving God in various ways. And so um, just a, a, a man of great wealth and great depth. And so we're just going to kind of mine some of the, the uh, treasures that are within his heart that come from the Word of God. And uh, I wanted to read Psalm 91, just the first couple of verses of this psalm, and then just springboard into some questions and discussion with Tim, uh, because I want you, the listener, to hear from this wise man of God who's just had a lot of experiences, and and you will be blessed by what he has to say. So in verse 1 in Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. And then verse 3, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence, he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. And so we'll just start with that, uh, Tim. I mean, where do you find your shelter? Where do you find your refuge? Uh, in what and in whom and all of that? Just tell us a little bit about that and your journey. Yeah, Mark, that's a great question. And, you know, I I uh, would love to say that I run to that first. And, and I would say that I should do that. But, you know, my my flesh gets in the way and my, my uh own understanding gets in the way and 
And uh, I, I find it interesting that in Psalm, I mean, in Proverbs, I think it's 14, 12, uh, uh, Solomon said, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. And he, he, he felt that so important that he repeated it again just two chapters later, I believe, in 1625. And, uh, you know, man, I need to have that ingrained on the back of my eyelids so that every time I blink, I see it. But, you know, so oftentimes when I find myself in times of distress, um, I, I try and, and uh, work my way out of it on my own. And uh, the Lord is so faithful, you know, that he shows me the error of my ways. And, you know, after I scratch and peck away at it, then I'm just becoming more and more spiritualized and say concerned. But we all really know that the anxiousness, the worry that comes, trying to work through that on my own is not the answer. And, and God is so faithful that over and over and over again in Scripture, he uses uh, godly people to show us what we need to do. And here we have one in the verses you just read in, in Psalm 91, you know, I often wonder why there's so many different names for God in the Bible. You know, um, I mean, God, that kind of should cover it all, right? But there's there's a lot of different names for God, and we see a couple of them right there in verse 1, uh, the Most High, the Almighty, you know. And, and um, I've learned over once I get my flesh out of the way, um, I've learned that when I can get my focus lasered in on, you know, that God is the most high, God is the almighty. And then, you know, he says there that he who dwells in the shelter of the most high, you know, uh, will abide in the shadow of the almighty. And so, you know, I have to constantly remind myself that this this is my God. This is the God that saved me and invites me to do these things, right? To take my refuge in him. Mm-hmm. He's my fortress. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what I've learned over the years about the, the greatness of all these different names of God. You know, they're just really displaying his His multitude of attributes. And, and um, when there, there's a fundamental thing that happens, and, and I repeat this, myself all the time, but honestly, in counseling, multiple, multiple times every week, and it's something that you've taught me, and is that everything in my life, everything in any of our lives, starts with our thinking, and our thinking then uh, affects how we feel. Um, I don't necessarily like the word feel, you know, because I'm not a feely kind of guy, but, you know, but it's the way I think affects the way I feel. And then that drives my action so that when I can take these, you know, when I have a situation in my life that it's going to, very real circumstance, very real situation that, that can cause me to be downcast, that can cause me to be concerned, to be worried, to be simply anxious, that I can do one of two things. I can think about these characteristics these attributes of God, and then my actions turn into worship rather than fret. You know, so I can mm. think and not go this direction. As I mentioned a minute ago, I can do things that seem right to Tim, and then I start to feel fretful, fearful, anxious, and all those other um, things. And, and then my actions are, you know, 
I'm griping and complaining to everybody around me about the situation and the circumstance. So, you know, it's interesting that the Lord gives us <laughs> the choice of which path we're going to walk, you know. Yeah. And, uh, I can I, I can Barney fight it. You know what that means? <laughs> I'm afraid to ask. What does that mean, Barney fife it? That, that that means nip it in the bud. <laughs> you know, I can take I can take that thought and nip it in the bud, take it captive to the obedience of Christ mm-hmm. and think about these awesome attributes of God. Or I can let it blossom instead of nipping it and blossom in the wrong way and then I'm off to the races of being embittered against the situation, the circumstance. And many times that might be a person. So then think about that. Now I've got a root of bitterness springing up in my heart, you know, that I got to, got to deal with. And, um, I didn't have anything. I was just a, a lost pagan, um, you know, no understanding of teaching form. I wasn't raised in the church and, and, uh, you know, so I, I had no concept other than I did believe in God. You know, I can, go off to the races of paganism or I can go off to the races with, with my God. So learning these names is just crucial to for us to focus upon those when we come in times of despair. Yeah. You know, lost my train of thought there. no, you, you hit on, you know, you were talking about the decision. And I think about that Y diagram that many of us use in biblical counseling, the, the idea of when that thought or that moment hits you, you have a choice to decide, mm-hmm. am I going to feed my flesh? Am I going to sulk and complain and whine and and go down that path, which is really easy to do. It's in your flesh. Or am I going to make the hard choice and say what the psalmist said in, in, nine, in chapter 91, verse 2, I will say to the Lord, so he's saying, all right, at that Y diagram, at that moment of choice, I'm going to say to the Lord, you're my refuge, you're my fortress, you're my God in whom I trust because the circumstances are bad in his life. And so if verse two is like a choice moment where I will say, I'm going to do the right thing. And you have to really talk yourself into it. We all have problems. We all have circumstances and challenges. Boy, especially today in the middle of a pandemic, you know, in 2020, where we are facing Mm -hmm. all kinds of craziness around us, uh, you have to determine in your heart, I'm going to go to God. And I think we need each other to help us to do that too at times, whether it's confronting or encouraging. But no, I, 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 you know, I can't believe the great Tim Brown actually has problems. You mean you're normal? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know that I'd go that far. I'm definitely abnormal. About that. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, and then the description that, of God's protection that that He gives us here are just couched in these these uh, these metaphorical terms. You know, the shelter, the shadow. You know, and I mean, we've all got that imagery in our mind of a mother bird. You know, taking those babies under her wing for safety. You know, and and what a great picture that is for us. We we have a, a, a family of hawks that live in our neighborhood. You know, every morning, boy, they come up out of the nest and they just make that piercing sound. I mean, you can hear it from a long way away. And, you know, any chicks or hens around, you know, they, an instant reaction for them to gather them under their wings and protect them and hide them 
from that predator. And so what a wonderful picture that is for us to, to mm. know that when we come to God in those times and that he'll shelter us, you know, that, um, he'll take us under his wings. You know, I, I, um, often think of the, uh, probably the, the, the most wonderful place for any of us to ever reside would be to sit on the mercy seat of God, right? And what are we there? We're under the wings, the, the cherubim that are on the mercy seat there. Mm. Uh, so, you know, God gives us a great picture of that there. And, and, you know, then we think of those other words there, the most high, the almighty, the refuge, the fortress, you know, the, the military uh, protection that a fortress offers us. Yeah. You know, just good stuff there. A shield, a buckler, that he's this powerful, you know, um, God. I, I love remembering that our God is powerful because you, you can look around and watch the news um, and get distracted by all the evil things that are going on and forget how powerful our God is. I saw where just a day or so ago uh, from today's July 14th when this is being broadcast, um, but just a day or so earlier, 48 people were arrested in a major Georgia drug trafficking investigation yeah. um, just yeah. north of you, I guess, a little bit, right? Um, yeah, not much at all. I mean, actually, I do some ministry up in the town there, just north of us, where that happened. But I mean, when you say, I mean, it's literally right up the highway here. Yeah. Well, and, and they had an 11th month investigation you know, and it was known as Operation Taking Care of Business. Um, and they yeah. were, you know, sent around a major methamphetamine and heroin trafficking distribution ring that was going on there in northeast Georgia down to all the way down to, to metro Atlanta. And these busts, they arrested 48 people. They said there may even be more arrests coming, but half a kilogram of heroin, 20 firearms, 70000 in cash, six vehicles, 50 kilograms of methamphetamine. The street value of all the drugs seized was more than $700,000. And you think about that's just one little instance where they caught them. But when you think about all the stuff that's going on all around us, isn't it amazing to know God's got us right where he wants us? Like you said, this mother hen or this, you know, this hawk, that's protecting the, the little ones and is powerful. I mean, it's nice to know that in a world where methamphetamine and drugs and violence and all this stuff's going on, uh, God's got me right where he wants me in my little bubble. And that at times when I experience hard things and I come out of my little safety bubble, um, he even intends that to be good for my character, to draw me close to him, to help me remember that He's God and I'm not, and for me to have an opportunity to glorify him in whatever circumstance comes around me. Verse 7 of Psalm 91 says, A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Um, talk to me a little bit about that, would you? Sure. Yeah, I, when I think of a verse like that, I, I just think of uh um again there's god's protection right yeah a thousand may fall at our side there we are we're seeing people perish you know i hate to put it that way but you know that there's 
people that are that are perishing in our world every minute of every day and you know we're all headed to eternity somewhere and but you know all of this madness going on all around us and he ends that verse like you said but but it will not come near us, will not come near you. Again, there's another protective uh, piece of God's um, uh, armor, if you will, for us. And and he answers that, you know, that in verse 9, because you've made the Lord your dwelling place. Yes. Most high, who is my refuge, you know. And so it's kind of, you know, for me, uh, it kind of gets back to what David said in Psalm 4610, you know, be still and know that I am God. You know, so many times in difficult circumstances in my life to just reel those thoughts back again and know, hey, wait, my God is, he's all sufficient. He's sovereign. He's providentially caring for me. Therefore, you know what? (laughs) I really can rest. I really can. Even in the midst of, what may seem like turmoil and chaos, even what in, in, in our Western society, what we might think of turmoil and chaos really is minuscule compared to what other brothers and sisters in Christ are suffering around the world right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I could, you know, look in my refrigerator and I might need an onion for dinner tonight to mix in with something. I can jump in the car and run down to the store and get that and come back home in five minutes, you know. And then I think of some uh, dear brothers I know in Peru that, you know, it depends on whether or not God provides the rain for them to, for their crops to grow, Mm. you know. And and yet they seem to be more content to me, you know, that they're resting uh, more firm under the shadow of, of, God, you know, under his wings than, than I may be when, you know, I've got seemingly everything I need at my fingertips. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. you know, we can learn a lot from, from other believers, you know, and, and I, and I think, you know, that's part of why the Lord gives us so many different examples in his word, you know, that at least, you know, we, we tend, at least me anyway, I tend to be rather hard headed. So I, you know, I could read it here and say, oh, yeah, you know, and then I can waver. Well, guess what? I'll likely be reading somewhere totally different tomorrow, and the Lord will speak, you know, well, here it is again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so, and that's grace, isn't it, that he does that? It is. And, you know, in this in this Psalm 91, I mean, it's not saying there are not going to be problems, there are not going to be challenges and difficulties, because like you said, I mean, I think in in the U.S. we have it pretty easy. We have things, and w- what we think are problems are really not problems compared to the rest of the world. And so we are blessed, even though there's some chaos and that around us. But this isn't saying, oh, there's not going to be any problems. There's going to be problems. People are going to be uh, coming at you. But you know what? God has your back, and he well, he has your front and your sides and everything. God has you right where he wants you. And if he wants some suffering to happen in your life, then you have to embrace it and say, you know what? God allowed this circumstance or this trouble to befall me to to enter into my life because he wants me to grow and to trust him and to learn. And um, 
and that's not a bad thing. But ultimately, you know, no one can destroy our soul. Our, our soul cannot be thrown into hell if we're trusting and believing in Jesus Christ alone for eternal life. And that's the great message of the gospel is that when you repent of your sin and you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, there is nothing that can happen to you this side of heaven that would have you lose your salvation. What a glorious truth. And I think that's kind of the overriding theme in this psalm is, you know, yeah, everything around me in this life is trouble and is difficult, but with God, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's how the the psalm ends in verse 16, because we are resting, like you said, in the gift of eternal life. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. We, uh, I can't ever remember songs very well, but, uh, you know, yesterday we ended our service with, uh, I am the, the, the hymn, I am resting. Yeah. And and, sing a few bars. No, I will spare the listeners. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what a comfortable place to be, right? Right. Resting. Resting. Yeah. What a great, yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate you, brother, and, and all that you do for the Lord. And I know that, you know, he is the faithful one, but he is he has called you and you have been faithful to answer that call to shepherd and counsel, and you do all kinds of things that no one will ever know about, um, that you're not running around tooting your own horn and posting it on Twitter and Facebook and all that. You're just serving the Lord and being faithful, and God sees it, and God's got you right where he wants you. And so I just really appreciate you and Kit and want to tell our listeners to encourage you guys any way they can, support your ministry, help you guys to do what God's called you to do. So thank you for what you do, brother. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me on today. Yeah, well, thanks for being here. This is Tim Brown. He's in Woodstock, Georgia, and he is the executive director of His Steps Ministries. Used to have a residential program not very long ago where he was housing men and helping them. Now he's counseling and doing more of what I consider outpatient counseling, like they're not living under his roof now, but he's counseling lots of people and teaching, serving as an elder in his church and uh, serving in a myriad of ways. And like he said, we went to Egypt together, which was a really special trip for me just to spend time with Tim and for us to teach together and serve together was was a neat time in a culture that was very different than our culture for sure. And uh, we had yeah. some embarrassing, funny moments uh, that Tim could tell you privately offline. We won't broadcast them on <laughs> air about me, but I remember one with a Pepsi or a Coke or something I had in my hand. And <laughs> um, but anyway, it was it was funny. Yeah, so they can they can uh, email you and you you can tell them that uh, offline. That's right. Yeah. Well, thanks to Tim Brown and God bless you guys for listening. I pray that you'll be serious about helping the addicted because the local church needs to get involved, needs to be more active in reaching people who struggle with sin just like anybody else. The world has made addiction this supersized issue that's so big and nobody can work with it. You have to have medical expertise and this and that. And 
while there may be some medical, physical com complications to drug addiction and alcohol use and that, we would always refer those to a medical doctor. We always want to work with a medical doctor, a physician, someone like that. But you can get involved in helping people by counseling them at the heart level. You can be a heart doctor in that sense, not a physical physician, mind you, a medical doctor, but a heart doctor, <laughs> someone who works on the heart by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. You can be equipped and do what Tim Brown and others are doing around the country is helping people who struggle with addiction to know the one true God and to repent, to turn from their sin and to trust in Christ and, and to find this God that we've been talking about who, who the psalmist writes about in uh, Psalm 91. And so I would encourage you, be equipped, get training, and get involved in people's lives, especially those who are addicted, because they need Jesus. Well, thank you for joining me on the Addiction Connection podcast. We will look forward to uh, being together again soon. Thank you, and God bless. <laughs>